This morning, once again, we want to wish you a blessed and an amazing Christmas today, as well as an extraordinary new year. May the Lord just bless each one of you. Thanks for coming this morning. We know most of our folk are already on holiday, but thanks for those who have made it here this morning, and we pray that you will be blessed as we and encouraged as we fellowship together and as we join together. Andrew, we want to welcome you this morning, and may you just be encouraged today as we fellowship together. Brandon, we want to welcome you as well, and may you just be blessed today as we just enjoy the presence of the Lord together. Then, of course, Barbara's family. Oh, she's sitting right there with them. We want to welcome you this morning, and may you just be blessed as we, as we just enjoy the presence of the Lord, but also just get to know one another as well. The Lord bless you all. And everybody else, you are welcome this morning, and be blessed today. May your lives be enriched, and may you enrich someone else's life as well today. Well, my task is to preach the word this morning, isn't that? So let's turn to Luke chapter 1, or rather chapter 2, verses 8. We're going to read verses 7 just for clarity. From verses 7 we're going to read. Luke chapter 2. Touching the forgotten. That's the title of the word this morning. We've been We've had the theme of touching for, for the Christmas season, and today we're focusing on touching the forgotten. And let's read together from verse 7 here in Luke chapter 2. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living on the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I am bringing you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and Gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what he had been told about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. All were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So far, far may God bless the reading of his precious word. You know, whenever we think of Christmas, there's so many things to think about. And 
so many things to consider. You look at, you go to the malls, you go where, uh, you, you go to whichever place, you just see crowds of people everywhere. Isn't it amazing? You think this time of the year, it's just the, ch the place is just crowded wherever you go. You drive from here to PE and you just don't want to even be in PE. Not that you today, because, you know, but because the cars, there's just so much traffic and things like that. There's just, you know, there's so many things happening at the moment. But today, brothers and sisters, we are focusing, as we heard even earlier, as it was prayed, that the focus is on Jesus. It's all about Him here today. Today, marketing experts are constantly trying to find different ways to target the right person in the right place for the right purpose. Our God, our Savior, targets people in places which do not always seem right. With a product freely given, purchased at a cost which has already been paid. He already paid for our salvation, brothers and sisters. And that's the amazing thing about our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead of delivering the baby amongst friends and family, Mary and Joseph are in an anonymous place surrounded by strangers. The Savior is found tucked up in an animal food trough. We are told the greatest news that ever was, accompanied by angel choirs and celestial fireworks, if you could put it in those words, right out in the fields where no one will see or hear apart from a group of people no one wants to be with, let alone listen to the shepherds who are seen as outcasts. In telling the greatest of stories ever told, God used a series of little incidents, little things, little tasks, ordinary people, and ordinary places when telling us of Christ coming to earth. In this account, there is nothing that suggests bigness. Although he's an awesome, big, powerful, and astounding God, he delights in using the most mundane, seemingly insignificant things and people. Always touching the forgotten. And that is why the first part of this, the first uh, point here that we want to make is Jesus is a gift that makes the ordinary extraordinary. Jesus is a gift that makes the ordinary extraordinary. Verses 7 and 8. He works, or his works and ways are not always as we expect. He does not work according to worldly standards. He is not confined to human reason or logic. He works not according to social norms or principles, but according to his own way and his own will. 
That is why Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9 speaks about his ways are higher than ours, even his thoughts as well. It's just higher and better. And that's how the Lord works, you know. And that is how he touches our lives. He uses little things for his glory, verses 7a. Jesus, the king of the universe, was not wrapped in silken, colorful garments suitable for a prince or suitable for royalty, but in swaddling cloths, the common, cheap, plain, white fabric used by the peasants or ordinary people during those days and even today. But he's, he, let's go further. He uses little places for his glory. Was a seven day. God did not use an opulent palace for the birth of the King of Kings. Instead, he chose a small barn. And Mary laid him in a manger. That was the place where he was born. In a manger. A feeding trough, as we heard earlier, for livestock. That's where Christ was born. God often used humble little places for his glory. Don't know where you come from, where you've been born, whether maybe in Utenaik, maybe not. Maybe a small insignificant place here in South Africa or somewhere abroad. But he uses those little places to shape us and to make us into who he wants us to be. And it was because of that little place where you were born, we've grown up, that character has been developed. And so many things also came to, you know, became a reality in your life. Yes, he uses little places. He also uses ordinary people for his glory, verses 8. It was not the wealthy the educated, the religious, and all of them need. I want to say that all of them, they are in need of the Lord. Not one of us are not in need of the Lord. Or the influential to whom the angels brought tidings of great news. It was to a group of ordinary people, humble, deprived shepherds. It was not a fashionable, beautiful, wealthy, elite lady of nobility who was, was chosen to bear the baby Jesus. It was an ordinary peasant teenage girl called Mary. God did not choose a rich, famous aristocrat to be the head of the family into which Jesus was born. Rather, he was an ordinary, hard-working carpenter who made a living working with his hands. Our choices and God's choices are different. He intentionally chooses here shepherds. It was an ordinary night with ordinary sheep and ordinary shepherds. The night would have gone unnoticed. The sheep would have been forgotten. And the shepherds would have slept the night away. But then the black 
sky exploded with brightness. Here's the black sky exploded with brightness. Sheep that had been silent became a chorus of curiosity and movement. How do you like that? One minute the shepherd was fast asleep. The next he was staring in the face of an angel. I'm asking you this morning, who are you? In whose face are you staring today? I pray that you'd stare into the face of Jesus and encounter him, the living one, the risen one, in an awesome way here today. God often does his greatest work through people or things we normally think of as pathetic and unimportant. The first names, you must remember when the shepherds went to visit Jesus, the first names in the guest book belonged to who? The shepherds. <laughs> he knows the end from the beginning, according to Isaiah. He is Lord of both humiliation and exaltation. Did you hear that? He's, he's Lord of both humiliation and exaltation. Sometimes I'm, I'm going through humiliating experiences, humbling experiences, but he's always there to pick me up. You see, when you feel you hit rock bottom, he has a plan at some point to lift you up. And today, he's ready to lift you up. People will forget you. People will write you off. He will not. He has something better in store for you today. You do not know when. You do not know exactly what. But he has not forgotten. Always remember this. He has not forgotten you. The cry of every repenting sinner like the thief on the cross in Luke chapter 23, verses 42 to 43. Remember me will never be forgotten. Jesus remembered him. He will remember you today. If you just put your life in his hands, he will turn your life from ordinary to extraordinary. So the question here this morning is, so why not put your life in his hands today? Why not put your life in his hands today? As we focus on touching the forgotten. Secondly, we think of Jesus. Jesus is a gift that casts out fear. Verses 9 to 10. Of course, when you encounter an angel, now, no one knows what an angel look like, looks like, eh? Have you seen an angel, Uncle Tim? <laughs> but I mean, here the angel stands, you know. Here the angel stands in front of these shepherds. And they are speechless. They are afraid. The very first words the angels said to them were, do not be afraid. How do you like that? Do not be afraid. And this morning, this is what the Lord is saying to each one of us. Do not be afraid. 
no matter what you are facing, no matter what you are going through, do not be afraid. It is a natural thing for someone who do not know the Lord. Do you know that? To fear. People who do not know the Lord, they are always living in fear. So if you don't know the Lord, you will continue to live in fear. I want to say this. Us as believers, we are sometimes anxious about something, but we know that the Lord will come through for us. We know that somehow he's going to make a way for us. But people who do not know the Lord, they, they are constantly living in fear. The more guilt we have, the more things we fear. Fear of being found out for some little deceit. Fear that some pain or heartache we have is God's judgment. Fear of dying and meeting the Holy God face to face. Question this morning is, what is it you are fearing? Is it fear of facing an old hurt from a family member that you will see again this Christmas? Is it fear of not knowing how you will pay all your bills? That's relevant today. Eh? Is it fear that you may lose your job, fail at some venture, or maybe you fear that you will disappoint others. Maybe you fear God's judgment due to some lingering or haunting sin in your life. Whatever it is that you may be fearing, remember that God's perfect love casts out fear. 1 John 4, 18. Be reminded this morning that our Lord Jesus delivers us from our fears. So do not fear, Isaiah says, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. You do not have to fear this morning. You do not have to live in fear. You see, Jesus is this precious gift ready to cast out all your fears today. And then thirdly and finally, Jesus is a gift to be shared with others. Verses 16 to 20. When the shepherds got the news about the birth of Jesus, they did not come casually, you know. They moved on it. They hurried. This was such good news. One had to act on it immediately. What is it that you've got to act on immediately? Can you remember the disciples in Matthew 4, 20 and verse 20? At once they left their nets and followed Jesus. Immediately, verse 22 says, they left their nets. When Jesus said, follow me, they left everything to follow Jesus. What is it that you need to leave immediately that is holding you back? and depriving you of the very best from God's hand. Jesus is the Savior of all equally. I love this, you know, equally. He's no respecter of persons. He does not discriminate on the basis of intelligence, education, wealth, profession, or social standing. He wants us to reach those that are being ignored intentionally or unintentionally. I want to challenge you this morning. Connect 
with the overlooked. Just connect with them today. See God's face in those that are ignored today. Touch them with your discernment, with your time, and with your love today. Our fingerprints do not fade from the lives we touch. Do you know that? Are you aware of that? Our fingerprints do not fade from the lives we touch. Whether we realize it or not, we are impacting people's lives some way or the other. We are leaving an imprint, negative or positive, on others. Every day you might be building up or tearing down someone. Whatever you do or how you live your life, our fingerprints do not fade from the lives we touch. Whose life do you need to touch today? Every person is leaving their mark on society. Even after we are gone, our lives will still be making an impact. The shepherd's little task, leaving the flock to go and see the Christ child, has been told for thousands of years. And we will continue to tell the story of the shepherds. They made an impact as insignificant as people thought they were, especially the society in which they lived. He is still at work in our lives, brothers and sisters. He is the gift that keeps on giving. He is still giving new life today. He's still in the business of saving souls. You can come to him with your issues. You can come to him with your life just as it is. He desires to give you a new life and a new beginning today. How about surrendering your all on this very day to him? He's still at work in our lives, as I said earlier. He keeps on blessing us. Think about it. Every day he blesses us. They are new every morning. His blessings keeps on blessing us. And he wants us to bless others with the blessings that we have received from him. Jesus is still showing himself to the world through us. He is giving his grace to others through the lives of his followers. You can be a blessing to your neighbors, your co-workers, your family, and others. So be that blessing today to them. Jesus is the ultimate gift that keeps on giving and giving and giving. He can use anything we experience on a daily basis to speak to us or to remind us of who he really is. We just have to stop. Look and notice. Can you remember Exodus 3? Verse 3, he used a burning bush that could not be consumed. And what happened? Moses looked 
he stopped first, then he looked, and he noticed. What is it that you need to look into today? What is it that you need to give attention to today? What is it that you need to take note of today? Every person's life is a story, and I'm almost through. When we come to know Jesus personally, he becomes the main character in our life story. Our life then becomes part of the best story ever told. Is your life the best story ever told today? Today the hearts of many are like that little inn of Bethlehem. Crowded. If you go back to verse 7 that we read. Crowded with sin. Crowded with worldly cares. Crowded with values and pursuits and human wisdom. So much so that they have no room for the Savior in their lives. Will you open the door of your heart this morning? And give the Savior room today. We know the verse in Revelation 3.20. You know, we, we used to quote it when I started as a, a child of God. We used, to quote the, we used to quote the King James Version verbatim. And, uh, and it's, uh, I love the way it starts. It says there in Revelation 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And uh, I'm not going to go further with that. Lord is saying, I'm knocking. I'm knocking. Things have been happening in your life. I've been knocking and knocking to enter your life. Open the door. Open your life to me today. I want to begin to shape your life and your destiny in ways that you cannot begin to imagine. Won't you surrender to Jesus today? Jesus is a gift that makes the ordinary extraordinary. Jesus is a gift that casts out fear. Jesus is a gift to be shared with others. Won't you share him with others today? Lord bless you all. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for being such a precious gift to us. Lord, we treasure you. We honor you, Lord. What would our lives have been without you? This is why this morning we come before you and we ask you, Lord, to be part of everything once again in our lives where we have not allowed you to work in our lives, where we have turned our backs on you. Today, we invite you, Lord, to, be, to become part of our lives and to fill the empty places in our lives, to touch the pain and the hurt in our lives to reach out deep into the inner recesses 
of each one of us. And Lord, we ask you to begin to make us into people of God, people with a destiny, people with direction and purpose in you. We worship you, Lord, and we thank you for your presence here with us. Bless us, Lord. Continue with us during this day, during the rest of this week. Won't you carry us and keep us? We praise us in the name of King Jesus. Amen.